Thank you, worship team. Let's give it up for these guys. Thank you all for leading us in the presence of God. Thank you, Trace, for coming all the way from Dallas to come and lead us in the presence of God. It's such a gift every time. Thanks, Howard family. You guys are a blessing. Well, good morning, guys. Good to see you. How you doing? Thankful to be here? Who's thankful Jesus is alive? Anybody besides me? Let's go. Come on. Amen. Well, good to see you guys. Uh, I was going to preach this morning, but we had the uninvited guest of COVID in the Welch family this week. Don't worry. I'm already past my contagious period, but I'm going to play it safe anyway, so I'll stay away from you. But my family's still recovering, so you guys pray for them. Me and Ava, I think, got it first, but we're on the up and up, so you can pray for the rest of my family to be healed quickly in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you guys believe with me for healing? Great. Great. Well, hey, I, um, I'm excited for the message Jeremy's going to preach this morning, uh, but I'm going to just kind of recap a couple things real quick and got a couple announcements. Uh, one, we got some more college students back in town. Give it up for our college students. I see a few of you guys. Some JBU crew over here. We got some U of A students. Welcome back, guys. Glad school is back in session. You, you conquered week one. Let's go. Through an ice storm on Wednesday or whatever, but man, what a week. Um, Okay, actually, Jeremy mentioned this, and he's going to bring this back up at the end of service, but why don't you pull out underneath your chair, there's this little card called the Building Fund card. Go ahead and pull that out real quick. Uh, you're not going to fill it out right now. Um, Jeremy's going to facilitate something towards the end of the service, but I just want you to get familiar with this. Go ahead and turn it on the back and stuff. So um, I'm pretty confident most of you guys are aware, if you've been with us at all the last couple months, but if you're new, um, here's exciting news. We have our very first ever church building that we're going to be moving into soon. Praise God. Such an answer to prayer. There's a long story. I shared a lot of it last week in my message, but it's after about a seven-month process of praying, knocking, waiting, um, we, God has blessed us with this surprise open door and this surprise gift, and we are going to be moving in there. Our first Sunday service there is going to be February 20th. Everybody say February 20th. All right, that's less than a month away. We got, what, three more Sundays here at the Holiday Inn. Um, now, construction in, now inside this building, we got to do a couple things to get it ready for church, and construction has already begun. Let's give it up for Larry Jones. He's leading the, leading the way with getting that done. Thank you. Yesterday, we had our ADS class, Antioch Discipleship School, uh, come and do a little work day. Give it up for those guys. Thank you all so much. And a few other people hopping in there, tearing down walls, painting, putting up sheetrock, sweeping. So um, such, a, such a blessing. Thank you guys for contributing. Um, but in order to, to get to our final product, or at least this phase one where we can have church in there, uh, we're going to raise some funds. And so on the back, it has some numbers. We'll also put it on the slide here. We are raising one-time uh, goal to help cover some of the renovation costs and then also some monthly uh, numbers there to cover some of the ongoing expenses. And let me uh, share a couple things about this here. Um, we obviously have a goal of meeting these numbers, but let me tell you two other goals we've been communicating in the last couple of weeks that actually supersede the goal of meeting these numbers. And here they are. One is 100% engagement, and the second one is joyful giving. Everybody say 100%, uh, sorry, say 100% engagement. There we go. Here, here's what I mean by that is I would love for 100% of this church body, maybe with the exclusion of guests, if it's your first time, there's no uh, expectation to give, but I would love for 100% of our church to participate. And here's a couple of reasons why. Like this church is not Mitchell's church. 
This church is not the staff's church. This is your church. <laughs> and what we are moving into is something that we are all going to participate in, engage in. And what we're, we just got a house for worship. <laughs> we just got a place of praise where all of us can do what we just did. But even with more time and more freedom, because we're not borrowing a hotel from somebody for an hour and a half. And so with this corporate blessing, I would love a corporate engagement to see it happen to the end. And there's several stories in the Old Testament and in the New where the people of God join together for something. Uh, one, I've been reading the end of Second Chronicles that talks about the building of the temple. And it says that the, the Israelites all contributed. They brought what they had. And what you'll notice is there's some numbers that are high and there's some numbers that are low. And that is intentional because I know that we have a wide range of ability here. And so some of you, you see some of those high numbers, you're like, okay, I'm able to do that. If you're able, I would say pray about it and consider we are going to need some big gifts. But some of you look at the top numbers and you already know, that's not me. <laughs> I can't do that. But I want you to look at what you can do, what you can contribute, and to prayerfully consider contributing. So I would love for this to be a corporate win. Hopefully that makes sense. And I, I just like picture these guys in the Old Testament that like contributed to build the temple, this place of worship. And I don't know, I'm kind of making this story up, but I can imagine maybe they would go in to worship one time and get a little distracted, kind of elbow his friend. And say, hey, you see that stone over there? Second row, third from the left? I contributed to that. that. That was me. That was my contribution. And I just would love for us in a silly way, but in a, in a also an impactful way, when we step in and just less than a month to this place of worship, we're, we're worshiping there and we're thanking God for his presence and his goodness. But we also know that we gave something to make this happen. I think that would be a huge corporate win for us. So anyways, that's 100% engagement. And then the other one is joyful giving. Everybody say joyful giving. We care a lot about making sure no one feels pressured into doing this. And I, I know a lot of us have had history with bad experiences with churches and money, but this is an opportunity to get over that. Like, this is going to be our story. <laughs> this is our opportunity to not give that way. Okay, so if you have a bad experience, a lot of you guys thankfully trust us now and know that we're not going to do shady things with money. They're going to be used for the purposes that we intend them for. Um, but, man, I would love for us to joyfully give. No compulsion, no pressure. If you don't want to give, here's two options. Don't give or you have one more week to change your heart. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm serious. I'm just like, if you haven't had time to change your heart in one week, please don't give if it's like begrudgingly. I'm serious. Um, we sometimes call that dirty money. We don't want dirty money. We don't want angry money. We don't want that. We want clean, pure, worshipful, prayerful giving in this process. And so with, uh, next Sunday is our Giving Sunday. And so that's the Sunday we're going to have you guys come ready to know, like, hey, I am going to give this, and then we're going to have an opportunity to give next Sunday. But what this card is, there'll be a little bit of time at the end of service to fill it out. This is kind of like a commitment card. If you know already, you've already prayed about it, thought about it, you know what you want to give, then you can fill this out and drop it at the Connect booth before you leave today. Um, if you're not ready, then hang on to it, be praying about it this week, and then come ready next Sunday um, with a gift, the joyful gift that you want to give to this building fund. Is that all that making sense? Sound good? Awesome. And it's so great. We're going to have our own church building. We're not going to be barring from the Holiday Inn anymore. Let's go. I'm so excited, y'all. You have no idea. All right. Okay, last thing before Jeremy preaches is we've um, got a little announcement or transition that is happening actually involving Jeremy. Let's give it up for Jeremy B.R. Go ahead and come on up here. Come on up, Jeremy. So we have communicated this already to our core team and a lot of our college students, um, but there, uh, there's a, been a transition that's already transpired. Jeremy has been our college pastor for these last two years, and he has been an incredible college pastor. Thank him right now for leading the college ministry. He's done an incredible job. So thankful. 
Um, this has been a process that's probably been lasted longer than a year, uh, but he's been having some nudges from God to pursue some business opportunities of the last year or so. And this summer, he's going to be transitioning off of staff and going to be pursuing some of those business opportunities. Thankfully, he's still going to be a core part of our church. He's not moving anywhere. Praise God. He's staying in northwest Arkansas. Uh, but as he and I have dialogued and prayed about it, um, and our wives included, we feel really great and peaceful about this transition. And I'm excited for him to take these bold steps of faith in some of these things that are prompted by the Lord. Um, for this next semester, from now till the summer, and we're going to define that, that time. He's going to stay on staff as like an associate pastor, but also continue to be the director of finance at Antioch. So you'll see him around. He's going to continue to be preaching, maybe even preaching more often, which is exciting to me. I like breaks. <laughs> so, uh, my job's great. I like preaching sometimes, but I like breaks sometimes too. Uh, but anyways, so we're going to pray over Jeremy. Uh, anything you want to add or say? or what are, you, what are you excited about with this kind of endeavor coming up, mainly in the, in the summertime? We don't have time to get into that, but I'm just super, super thankful for you guys and honored to have been a part of the staff um, and getting the church launched and excited to continue being a part of the church with you and serving and volunteering as much as I can. And so just, to, just so y'all know, there's nothing like, there's no more interesting story behind the scenes. There's no like hidden sin in my life that either, either that or it's still hidden to me as well. And my wife, sorry, there's really not hidden sin in my life. Uh, there's no like bitterness or any tension between me and Mitchell. The board feels great. Everyone feels great. So I uh, just want you to know this, that it's just really me responding to the prompting of the Lord and a lot of prayer from a lot of people going into it that all feel unified like, hey, this might be the Lord. So we'll see. If I'm bankrupt in a year or two, then maybe I heard God wrong, but uh, I'm stepping out in faith and I'm, I'm uh, excited about it, excited to continue being a part of the church with you guys. Amen. Some inspiring comments. <laughs> Amen. All right, well, we're going to pray over this man of God. Y'all stretch a hand out toward him. But, Father, we just thank you so much for Jeremy and just how much he has given to this church family to see this church established. Thank you, Lord, that you have been speaking to him and leading him in this different direction. And, God, we pray your favor and your blessing and open doors and provision over these business ideas that he's pursuing. He's already begun. God, I thank you for uh, everything that he puts his hand to. Would it prosper? And Lord, we thank you that you are with them and for them, and I pray that it would continue to advance your kingdom, may look in a different way, different career path, different things he's doing with his time, but Lord, let it advance your kingdom and bring you glory. We thank you for Jeremy, and Lord, we pray that you would speak through him in this message this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you help me? I don't know if y'all have noticed, but Mitchell is taller than me, so I preach from up here. I'm excited, guys. We got three, not including today, we have three more Sundays to meet here at the Holiday Inn. And I just want to encourage y'all to get everything that the Lord has for you here, because after three more Sundays, you will not get to meet here for church ever again, okay? So in Jesus' name. Uh, so get everything that he has for you. Uh, come hungry. Come excited. Uh, this morning, I'm going to talk to you about pillars, if you're taking notes, you can put pillars at the top. Last week, uh, Mitchell referenced his message. I would totally encourage y'all, um, if you want to track with this uh, series and really just what is God doing through our church, generally speaking, in the, in the months and years ahead, uh, totally listen to Mitchell's message from last week. You can find it on our website, and he shares uh, in a little bit more detail uh, some of these examples. But he unpacked this unique scripture in Revelation uh, chapter 3, verses 7 through 12. 
that's essentially a passage that we feel like God is using to speak to us and direct our church. And what's interesting is the passage itself, it's written to a church that existed at the time of its writing in Philadelphia, so not in the United States, okay, but a different Philadelphia. Uh, and it, it's communicated to them, but it, in its communication, it, it like aligns with several things that we have experienced together as a church family over the past two years. And in the scripture, it also shares some opportunities that laid before that church in Philadelphia that we also feel like God is saying is open for us. I'll summarize four quick points from that passage, but you can totally listen to Mitchell's message from last week. Four things that stood out to us here. One, despite having faced plenty of shut doors in the past two years, the Lord is opening a door for us that no one can shut. The second thing, despite feeling weak and weary for a lot of the past two years, the Lord sees and loves our faithfulness to patiently endure. Third, despite being attacked by the enemy in different ways over the past two years, the Lord has caused those in the enemy's camp to actually give up and acknowledge that God loves us. In other words, he can't win. We love God too much, <laughs> which is impossible, okay? But the fourth thing, finally, despite all the difficult circumstances we've faced, to those who overcome, God will make pillars in his temple. Someone say pillars. Okay, I'm getting there. But let me communicate one more way what I'm trying to say before I move on. As I talk about this you know, change of seasons, this new thing that we feel like the Lord is inviting us into as a church, I want to make really, really clear that our physical move from gathering here on Sundays to a church building is not the change. It is an evidence of a change that God is doing, but the change that I'm talking about, the change we feel like God is saying, it is not something that we have done. It's not something that we can do. It's something we believe God is doing. Does that make sense? Okay, so if he is speaking, we want to listen. We want to respond to what he's saying, and one of those things that we feel like he's doing is he's making us pillars in his temple. So what does that mean? It means that probably a lot of things, but three things we're unpacking in this series is that it means we're grounded, we're dedicated, and we are activated. Last week, Mitchell talked about us being grounded in the gospel, and this week, I'm going to talk about us being dedicated, specifically dedicated to the house of God with our time, our talents, and our treasure. And this morning, I really just want to encourage you guys that that is exactly who you are. You are pillars in God's temple, and this is what God's wanting to solidify in us more and more. So if you're newer here, get excited because I'm actually going to be sharing several examples of ways that I've seen these values alive in our church. So if you're like, man, let me check out what this church is like, you're going to get a really thorough uh, analysis of who the people are in this room and what kind of church we are. And all of us are going to get to be inspired together about what does it mean to be the church? How, how are we to be the church together? So let's talk about pillars. By a quick show of hands, how many of you would say, you are involved in church. If someone were to ask you, yes, so many of you. And here's the thing. 
all of you are. You are here at church, okay, in person. That's radical in 2022, in the winter, okay? You guys understand? And you, so many of you come early and you leave late. And where do you go when you leave? To go hang out with each other. Seriously, y'all are so dedicated. If you think about how much time you spend at church on Sundays, serving at life group, discipleship, in missions, in times of worship, in prayer, in reading the Bible, in evangelism, in community, every way you can think of, anything that can be described as the church, the people of God, the values of God, think about any given week or month how much time you spend doing those things. And how many of you would say, probably these days you spend more time than you used to in those things? Yeah? Seriously. I know you do, and I see it, and I just want to say this is a beautiful thing to the Lord. Romans 12, 1 says this. Let me pull it up. It says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So to offer yourself, like to sacrificially give your time, your energy, your effort, your strength. It is holy and pleasing to God, and it is worship to God. And pillars are dedicated with their time. And not in like a gritting your teeth sort of way. Not like a, I'm just going to get through this sort of way. King David in Psalms 84 expresses kind of the attitude of this dedication. Starting in verse 10, he says, Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Better is one day in your courts than 1,000 days elsewhere. If I could live a thousand days elsewhere or one more day in your court, I would rather live one day in your court. And he keeps going. He said, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. O Lord Almighty, blessed is the man who trusts you. So pillars are those who dedicate their time to the house of God because they want to. Because it's what they're made to do. And that is who you are. I think about, for example, when I'm driving to church on a Sunday, I get here two hours early usually, and I'm excited to get here because 20 of you are already here and you're happy. And it is seriously such a delight to see the joy that you guys serve with. I also think about how many of you are doing or have done the discipleship school, which we call ADS, and all those long meetings, the nights, the weekly requirements. A lot of y'all got put to work at the building yesterday and you're sore. And I'm just like, yes, like, that is it, guys, dedicating your time. I also actually think specifically about Sam Keith. Okay, Sam Keith, he's over here. Y'all, when Sam started coming to our church, somehow he's like initiating board game nights like out the wazoo. Like the young adult ministry took off because of Sam Keith, okay? That's probably not true. It's probably the Lord. But he was inviting people and then unofficially, officially gets tapped by Mitchell to be the church games guy, okay? So his trunk starts getting loaded with just sports equipment and games so that all those months in 2020, we could 
do stuff outside, and he was just ready to make it more fun than it would have been without him. And then our church bought a house that we were intending to use as our office, and it needed to be renovated. And y'all, church, sorry, Sam served so much. So much, in fact, that he noticed this girl who was also serving so much. And now they're married. Right? And y'all, what have they done since? They have just continued serving together so much. They lead a young adult life group. They serve in so many ways. Way to go, Sam and Maggie. Y'all are rock stars. And look, if you can see, I can see their face. You're not all you can see, but they are smiling. They're happy. They give more time cumulatively than any of us give to the church. And they aren't burnt out. They are the happiest people here, okay? So it's amazing. Way to go, y'all. It's an awesome picture for us that pillars are dedicated with their time. Pillars are also dedicated with their talents. Romans 12, which I just uh, read the first verse of, it actually keeps going. Believe it or not, it's not just a one-verse chapter. In verse 3, it says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Devoted to one another. Honoring one another above yourself. That sounds like a pillar. I love the way this verse starts saying, Think of yourself in sober judgment. To say it differently, he's saying, don't be drunk on yourself. Like, none of us are all of us. None of us are all that. Like, we do have different gifts. You don't need to convince me that you're better than me at something. I promise you, you are. I know it in the Bible. It tells me that you are. And the point isn't our own self-exaltation. The point is, Let's serve one another. Let's give to one another. It's the good of the body, the good of the house, that we all have these different strengths and gifts. The reality is the people of God can't be the people of God. Sorry. Woo! The people of God can't be the people God intended unless every gift gives itself to God's people. I'm going to say that again, partially because I messed up the first time and also because I was planning on saying it twice. It is a tongue twister. The people of God can't be the people God intended unless every gift gives itself to God's people. All right, I'll do it one more time. The people of God can't be the people God intended unless every gift gives itself to God's people. So pillars are those that don't hold each other's areas of weakness against them, but use their areas of strength to offer strength and support and to serve. Pillars aren't in competition 
with the building, they complement the building. Someone say, complete, don't compete. Complete, don't compete. We need each other. Pillars are dedicated with their talents, and this is exactly who you are. For example, the worship team. You guys rock. Seriously. Do you know how skilled you, like, do you know, are you up here like, man, I'm good. This is, it, ah, this is strange how good I am. Like, because I think that from, and then I'm like, wait, just worship God. Like, it's not about them. Like, y'all are so good, so good. And I'm so inspired by the way that y'all serve with your talent because in so many church cultures, you could easily hire out your talent and it would still be serving in a sense. It would still be using your gift, but you don't get paid to be up here and we're in a holiday inn and it's so unglamorous, but you give such amazing talent and it's for the better of the house. It helps us worship God and connect with God. And there's something about being led by us, not just a hired hand, not just someone that's talented, but one of us who is worshiping with us, leading us, using their gift. It's awesome. It's awesome. The kids team too, y'all. They are talented. Okay, I can say because I have, May and I have hired like at least 10 of you guys, but the, the level of skill that so many people in our church have with children and loving them with purity and engaging with them, it is amazing, and you guys give of yourself, and some people are giving right now with two, two of my sons and several other kids, and I'm so thankful. Or with the house renovation that I mentioned uh, Sam slaved away at, so many of you guys used talent, like skilled labor. Like I think about Pavel on the real estate side, JP with electrical help, Simon with the kitchen reno, and Larry with the bathroom reno, and several more of you guys. And just in general, like so many of y'all have skills that you use to, to bless the people of God, not just to make an income for yourself, but you have used gifts to serve the house of God. For example, uh, Eve Marie and Joseph putting on concerts, Victor's family hooking us up with Subarus, Leif crafting up some glorious Onyx coffee drinks, photography from Emma and Lindsay and Joe and Joel and Anna and Madeline serving as doulas and Coleman and Thomas is cooking to the Reddings putting Christmas lights on my house. Guys, y'all are dedicated with your talents. By the way, a note on the Reddings real quick, y'all. I told them like maybe last week of October, first week of November, I want to get Christmas lights. I want them to do it for us. Out of nowhere, no prompting for me whatsoever. They send me invoice after we confirm like yeah I want to do it they send me an invoice with a 75% off coupon that they called the Antioch Brethren discount okay thank you guys so much that's not a guarantee that that discounts available every year or to any more of you guys I'm just saying not only do they give their talent to turn 3148 West Gypsum Drive into the most beautifully lit home in Crystal Springs. But they also forfeited income that they could have earned. And that's the third thing that pillars are, dedicated with their treasure. And again, this is who you guys are. I could mention several of y'all by name, but I haven't really asked for permission to do that. So I'm going to honor the privacy of your financial giving. But 
literally, y'all, there are, to talk generally speaking, there are like church research organizations that through a variety of factors should be able to tell you like approximately how much your church will bring in in terms of generosity through tithes and offerings. Tracking? Y'all understand? This is what they do is like, okay, you have these factors, here are the inputs, here's how much your church should expect to make. Make. And get this, according to that, you guys are literally three times as generous as you are supposed to be. That is off the charts. The margin of error there would put those research organizations out of business. Like, and that is without, without even factoring any giving that so many of y'all do to different staff member support accounts. That is not counting that. It's not counting any giving you've done to funds that we've done, the building fund or the Eastgate House fund or the launch fund. It's not counting any of that. It's also not counting any giving y'all have done through Venmo. Like, it does count the church Venmo tithe, but like, like life group, group me's raising money to help other people in need. It does not count any of that. It does not count tuition that you've paid to ADS. Like, think about that. Y'all are probably five, six, seven times too generous, okay? Of course, that's just comparing yourself to other people in other churches, which is a terrible way to live your life. <laughs> but what I'm trying to express is how worshipfully you guys give to God. In the two plus years that I've overseen our church finances, I have never experienced any money drama from anyone. No begrudgingly given gifts, no pridefully given gifts, no one trying to buy their way into church influence, none of that. When you guys give, you give to the Lord of the house. And it shows in your dedication to give and in your generosity and in the spirit of your giving. And that is what pillars are. Way to go, guys. Pillars, they add beauty and strength to the house. Yeah, but really just because it was planned for the pillar to be there. Like, they serve the house, but not just the house. They really practically exist in the house because the owner wanted a pillar there. Like, the owner could have just put a wall or could have not had a pillar. They could have changed the structure, but pillars... Yeah, they do serve a function, but really they serve the owner of the house and his or hers interests. And that's how it is with you guys. When you give, you add so much beauty and strength to us as the people. There's so many practical ways that your giving is helpful, but really you do it for the owner of the house, the head of the church, the true owner of everything you've been given. You give to God, and I just want to say way to go. You remind me of Psalm 84.10, that verse I read earlier about, you know, one day in God's courts being better than a thousand elsewhere. This is not what the verse says, but if I think about that verse in financial terms, I imagine it saying something like, better is one dollar in God's courts than a thousand elsewhere. And I'm not saying that's what the verse says, but that's like the attitude that I see in the way that you give. It's like, the only money I had was the money that I could give, that's the money I would want. Or to say it differently, like, it's the last dollar I'd be willing to lose. Because that's who our dollars are made to serve and what they're made to do. It's similar to like the story in Mark 12, where the, this widow with just two coins to her name gives them to the temple and Jesus honors that woman. And so many of us would have said, oh, what are you doing? Like the temple is fine, it has everything it needs and you're 
oppressed in this system that's forcing you to give anyways, so many of us would feel like injustice in our heart, and Jesus honors this widow who gives her two mites, her two coins. Now, the point isn't idealizing poverty. I'm not saying, like, I'm really hopeful and pretty confident that all of you have more than two coins to your name, and I'm very thankful for that reality, and I think the Lord is too. The point isn't, let's idealize poverty. The point is like this profound expression of dedication to giving unto the Lord. And that's what I see in you guys. A willingness to give to him through his house whatever he has asked of you, even if it means missing out on something else. Now, as you all know, as a church, Mitchell talked about it, we are uh, embarking on this new building, and there's a building fund related to that. What I want you to know is this message I'm giving right now is like above that. It's not about 2211 Hawks Landing. What I've just shared are three values of dedication with our time and our talents and our treasure that I want to encourage in all of us more and more for as long as we live and that I see already at work. However, it is simultaneously true that with this transition of meeting locations, there's an opportunity before you to pray about how in this season, in this church, you want to dedicate your time, your talent, and your treasure. On the financial aspect, Mitchell mentioned these cards. Next week, 10 a.m., right here, it's Giving Sunday. And y'all, this is going to be a time of celebration. I want you to come. I want you to actually invite your friends. Don't expect them to give. I want them to watch us give. I want them to see of people celebrating, worshiping God, even above our own desires. I think it's going to be an amazing service. I cannot wait. And before we close, like, if y'all, like, want to drop those building cards off like you mentioned, you can. Uh, But really, we're going to invite you to just pray through it this week as well. Um, And if you want to, like, fill it out during response time and drop it off, you can go to the Connect booth. There are also some Uh, baskets that might be around the room. But before we close, I want to do a little exercise with you guys. It's quick, I promise. I want you to close your eyes. Just close your eyes real quick. Don't worry. I'm not going anywhere. In your mind's eye, (coughs) envision for a second what you consider to be the most famous building in the world or the most iconic building. Just whatever the first one is that pops to your mind. Don't think about it too much. And let's hear hear a couple. Shout them out. If If a building comes to your mind, what do you think is the most famous building in the world? There's no right answer. Eiffel Tower, okay. Any others? Any others? We got the Burge, we got the White House, Leaning Tower of Pisa, the Coliseum, Empire State Building, Taj Mahal, the Needle, Seattle, what's up? How would you describe those buildings? Or just any building you consider to be the most famous building in the world? How, what are some adjectives you would use to describe the building? Tall, big, extravagant, unique, massive, beautiful, expensive. <laughs> Y'all are cracking me up. It's, it's probably accurate. I would throw iconic, history-changing, inspiring, powerful, amazing. I have a hunch these are some of the words that God is wanting to describe us with as his church. 
because there's another word that I would use to describe most all of those buildings, and it's this, pillars. Get this, y'all. I'm going to read off some of the most prominent buildings in the world that all feature pillars, okay? Parthenon in Greece, the Pantheon, Colosseum, and the Baths in Rome, St. Paul Cathedral in London, Notre Dame in France, Grand Mosques in Mecca and Abu Dhabi and Istanbul and really every Grand Mosque, Taj Mahal, Leaning Tower Pisa, Eiffel Tower, Buckingham Palace, Palace of Versailles, the United States, White House, Capitol, Supreme Court, IRS, Federal Reserve, Lincoln Memorial, Statue of Liberty, Washington Monument, and more. <laughs> All these buildings have in common prominently featured pillars. And they all also are either monuments, places of government, or places of worship. That's interesting. There's no real point there, but I think pillars speak something of honor, stability, strength, devotion. And do you know what other building had prominently featured pillars? The Temple of Israel, the first temple, Solomon's Temple. And we're about to take some time to seek God related to how he wants us to dedicate our time, our talent, our treasure. But as we do that, I want to read an excerpt from 1 Kings chapter 8. This is right when the temple was finished being built. It hadn't had a single day in use yet, but it was just finished. And King Solomon uh, speaks a prayer of dedication. He gathers the whole assembly of Israel together. He spreads out his hands towards heaven, and then he prays. We're going to jump in 1 Kings 8, starting in verse 27. He says, But will God really dwell on earth? The heavens, even the highest heaven, cannot contain you. How much less this temple that I've built? Yet give attention to your servant's prayer and his plea for mercy. O oh Lord my God, hear the cry and the prayer that your servant is praying in your presence this day. May your eyes be open toward this temple night and day, the place of which you said, my name shall be there, so that you will hear the prayer your servant prays toward this place. What a heart. This place was probably the most expensive place ever built. It was incredible, lavish, immaculate, glorious, history changing. And yet, nowhere even close to like of worthy to host God's presence. In the same way, nothing that we do, nothing that we become, nothing that we are or build could ever earn us the right to be pillars in God's house or to be temples of God who host his presence. That honor is too great for us. I'll pick up in verse 54 in 1 Kings 8. It says, when Solomon had finished all these prayers and supplications to the Lord, he rose from before the altar of the Lord where he had been kneeling with his hands spread out toward heaven. He stood and blessed the whole assembly of Israel in a loud voice, saying, praise be to the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel just as he promised. Not one word has failed all the good promises he gave through his servant Moses. May the Lord our God be with us as he was with our fathers. May he never leave us nor forsake us. May he turn our hearts to him to walk in all his ways and to keep the commands, decrees, and regulations he gave our fathers. And may these words of mine, which I have prayed before the Lord, be near to the Lord our God day and night. 
that he may uphold the cause of his servant and the cause of his people Israel according to each day's need, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord is God and that there is no other. But your hearts must be fully committed to the Lord our God to live by his decrees and obey his commands as at this time. And then he started offering sacrifices, the first offered in the temple. So even on the first day of Israel's long-awaited temple, the emphasis was never the temple. The emphasis was we serve a God who fulfills his promises. We serve a God who is near to us. We serve a God who will hear our prayers and who does and who's called us to continually walk near to him so that what? So that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord is God and that there is no other. Revelation 3.12 says, Him who overcomes, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. This is who you guys are, so let's be that more and more. The way we're going to do that, no matter what season of life you find yourself in, where you go to church, how many years from now, the way we're going to do that is by being dedicated with our time and our talents and our treasure to, to God and his house. For this season, in this house, one of the practical applications is this building transition and a lot of time needed, a lot of talent needed, a lot of treasure needed, <laughs> in a sense. And so as we respond this morning, I want the first minute or two of our response, I would love for you to just seek the Lord and maybe you already have, but just, just ask him, is there any way that I can dedicate myself uh, to the house of God, to this house in this season? And what would that look like? On the financial piece, like I mentioned, we have that fund card that you can drop off but really feel free to take time to just invite the Lord to speak. And remember, the goal is let's be pillars in the house of God. Let's be 100% joyfully engaged in what God is doing in his people. And let's see if God doesn't just blow us away with his faithfulness to his promises. If he's the one that's speaking, he's going to bring it to fulfillment. And let's see if he doesn't get a ton of glory. And let's see if people all over the earth don't start to acknowledge that God is God when God's people begin serving God like he's God. And so the point is glory to God. The point is not this little practical action step. You just happen to be going to a church with plenty of opportunities for you to dedicate your time and your talent and your treasure. Does that sound good? So let's take a minute or two. I'll pray, and then we'll go into a time of worship. Lord, thank you that you are God, that you are holy, that you are alive, and I thank you that we get to be your temple, that we are hosting your presence each and every day. And God, I pray just a reverence over our heart. And in that reality, the way that we follow you, the way that we live, not that we're like afraid of being struck down, like you're committed to, to being with us. You're committed to our purity and our righteousness, and you see us as clean. So it's not like we're walking on eggshells, but I pray for just almost like this this awareness of the magnificence that we carry. All those buildings we just talked about and how amazing, like we're your temple, God. Would you raise our own view of even ourselves, not to puff us up, but to bring you glory. And would we walk in a way that is aligned with you, that we would look like your temple through and through, not just on the inside, not just on the outside, but through and through, we would be wholly pleasing to you, walking in accordance with you. And Lord, as it relates to this building transition, would you just speak to each of us would you give us such clear direction of how we can be a part of it 
not begrudgingly, not overburdensomely, but just whatever is in our capacity, Lord, would you speak to us, would you challenge us, and would it be unto you, and would you receive lots of glory that all people all around the world will know that you are God and there is no other. Lord, there is no other like you. There are plenty of religions, but there is no God like you. So Lord, would you speak to us? In Jesus' name, amen.